Hello, everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Matt. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And that was and the ambulance. Are, that was. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, the ambulance that who's, ambulance who's joining us for today's episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt's yeah, coming live to you from Chicago. Land of ambulances. Indeed. Famously, famously known for their ambulances. (laughs) Yeah. That ambulance is actually part of uh, the podcast now. That's like just a sound effect that we include to be like, wow, an emergency podcast episode for a movie that is important. (laughs) Wow, an emergency. Guys, we watched a movie that came out over 10 years ago. We need to record. (laughs) This is an emergency. Yeah. It's probably. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying it did come out forever ago. I was just saying it's probably a less annoying sound than my dog chewing on his bone, so. Mm. <laughs> Our listeners we'll having see. a feast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An auditory feast. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so this week, uh, we are in the final stretch of our second season, and the last pick that I chose was Away We Go, the Sam Mendes family drama from uh, 2009. S- okay, <laughs> 2009. Um, with a star-studded cast. A, it's studded with stars, this movie. Um, and, made, I mean, uh, I don't know, Maya Rudolph, John Krasinski, uh, Melanie um, Linsky... Uh, Allison Janney, Jim Gaffigan. We got everybody here. They're all coming out to this party, and they're all Maggie G. talking about living. Maggie G, who famously still has Taylor Swift's scarf. <laughs> this movie is topical because uh, in this movie, she's wearing Taylor Swift's scarf, and she goes, I got this from my brother's girlfriend. Oh, so weird. You know what? If someone told me that Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal kissed, I would not be at all surprised. <laughs> Wow. We got hot takes coming in. I had no idea where this was going to go. I absolutely was not expecting that. Wow. I don't really know what to do with that. Wow. I mean, I also probably wouldn't be that surprised. But I did. Do you remember when they were in Donnie Darko together and she told him to go suck a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that do you think was like Richard Kelly being? I think that was the director, anyway. Uh, just being yeah, like, right. I don't know, you guys are siblings. Just fight like you normally would, and we'll just yeah, we'll just record and see what happens. <laughs> do the sibling thing. Um, but yeah, they um, probably cut the line where he says, "You know, I only suck your fucks." <laughs> Intense. Um. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw this in theaters. Uh, I loved it when I saw it in theaters, and I've watched it several times since. Um, I just think it's like an underrated Sam Mendes movie because all of his other ones are like big, like almost melodrama kind of uh, films, or like uh, Skyfall. So like, or nineteen seventeen, or Spectre. So like, yeah. So this is, oh, I forgot. That, I always try to forget that he's the one who did Spectre. But in any case, um, he, 
yeah, I think this is like one of his like lower key movies uh, that I actually like quite a bit. So I'm interested to hear what everyone else thought. Uh, I think some of you have seen it once or twice before, um, and some of you have never seen it. Maybe we'll see. All right, so uh, that was my take. What's everyone else coming at this with? Uh, I also saw this in theaters. Um, and as I was, <laughs> I don't remember much of this movie. I saw it in theaters and then have not seen it since then. So it has been, you know, over 10 years since I'd seen this movie. And I didn't remember much of this movie other than just like generally thinking it was, uh, like a cute, charming little indie. Um, but what I did remember was how this movie starts which is John Krasinski going down on Maya Rudolph. And I remember that because I went to this movie with two female friends in college. Mm. <laughs> and, like, we all were just, like, fans of The Office and, like, Maya Rudolph in general. So we were like, yeah, let's go check out this, this movie. We don't have anything else going on. And that was how it started. And I was like... <laughs> um, so that's one of the only things that I remember it was definitely less awkward watching that part uh, when I was just sitting alone in my apartment <laughs> last night um, but yeah my, my thoughts on this movie uh, are basically the same as they were back then which is that I think it's like a pretty cute like charming little indie um, I still don't fully understand Matt's adoration for this movie, so I'm ex- <laughs> excited to interrogate that a little bit. But on the whole, I do enjoy this movie. So, um, so I yeah. didn't think I'd seen this movie I think, before. <laughs> what? I think Matt's, Matt's going to kill me. <laughs> okay. He's, he's we'll staring see. daggers. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think I'd seen this movie before, but... There are definitely whole segments of it that I knew. And so, did we ever watch this in our apartment? We never watched it on the... Well, I never watched it on the projector. I assume Matt watched it at some point when we lived there. But whether that was, like, on the projector or in his room, I I don't know for sure. Because I definitely... I got the sense that I watched scenes of it. So it was either, like, I was coming in and out of a room and probably overstaying my welcome, or <laughs> it w- if it was on the projector, then, like, I was probably napping and waking up and seeing a scene and then falling back asleep. Because um, I was like, I have definitely seen these scenes before, but, like, I'd never watched it when I was in college. I didn't see it in, in theaters uh, and, like, w- feel like I would have remembered the ending, but didn't like I didn't remember the ending so it's really just a handful of scenes that I was like I've definitely seen this before um (laughs) but yeah uh I don't know I enjoyed it I think it's very late knots vibes Mm -hmm. um but part of it is like I probably uh, John Krasinski is my like one of my least favorite characters in the office and so I just I don't love him in general, I don't, I don't, I don't, his charm doesn't work on me. I'm impervious to his charm. Um, <laughs> and so some of the stuff I was like, oh, this is supposed to be charming, but it's not, not doing anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it's not and then stop talking. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, like I can, I can get, I get it and I can like respect it, but it's not, 
it's not working the charm for me. Versus if, like, Creed was in this movie. <laughs> Wait, so you said John Krasinski wasn't your favorite character on The Office, and then you just said if Creed was in the movie. Oh, oh, I thought you meant Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant, too. And I was, I was like, like, I don't understand what? why this is happening, but I eventually I meant the old, the old, yes. like, death man from The Office. It was you wanted joke. Creed Bratton I was kidding. Be... <laughs> God. Uh, with mung beans? Yeah. With his <laughs> smells like death mung beans? Um, and his, like, murder rap? <laughs> yeah. But, like, if... I, I don't know. I don't... I, I'm probably... <clears throat> I've only seen The Office once when it was live on television. And I've never rewatched it unless it's, like, an episode is on. Um, so it's, like, I'm more of, like, a 30 Rock or Parks and Rec gal myself. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if it was Jack Donaghy, <laughs> maybe. be a very different movie. <laughs> or, Alec like, Ben Baldwin. Wyatt. Uh, or even okay. Andy Dwyer. Um, but, yeah, that's more of... That's, that's a subjective experience. That's not, like, mm-hmm. a criticism of the movie. That's just... I feel like the charm was there. I was just immune to it. I've been vaccinated against the charm of John Krasinski. Wow. I kept being like, Meanwhile, no he, one... he must be so hot with that helmet of hair. It is like in his eyes. It's very yeah. long. Also, the yeah, clashing but... patterns, I was like, oh, this is so late knots. <laughs> the lo- like the long shorts that are plaid in a different plaid shirt. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh God! Like that look is very familiar. (laughs) Yeah, but they're also like not supposed to be like fashion forward. Yeah. So like, it's probably more like mid knots then at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one who like dresses kind of well is, um, what's his name? The Canadians. Exactly. Yeah, they like dress Christmasina of their age. Christmasina. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I <laughs> said Melanie Christmas, Ina. Like, girl, <laughs> not everything yeah. is Christmas. Like, I understand. Been having a lot of moments today. I understand that like Christmas is only a couple weeks away, but there are other things. <laughs> Hans Christmas Anderson. <laughs> Merry Christensen. Merry Chrysler. Um, but yeah, um, I did have like yeah. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I wasn't like this movie sucks. No, 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 um, and I, I don't think that either. Like, I do think it is a charming movie. I just, like, I think that it's a fairly simple movie, which is not, not a bad thing. That's not, like, I'm not saying that, like, that's a problem. I just, like, it's just, like, it's, I enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. Um, I did hit, one thing I didn't understand is that, uh, I also didn't realize it was Sam Mendes, by the way, until this conversation, um, oh, so that took me by surprise. But I, they start in winter. Do they wait six months before starting this trip, or is it just only winter there? Well, I mean, they so they they start. They live in like the Denver area. They're like in Colorado, but then most of the places that they go on the trip are 
in like southern like they go to arizona they go to florida like yeah they go to madison and it's like right they go to wisconsin but i didn't think it looked like summertime i thought it looked like fall yeah is it i think fall is probably a a possibility because yeah it's not i don't well i guess do they have like thick coats no like maggie gyllenhaal wasn't even wearing one well i meant when they're just in the very beginning I guess they have a coat. But, like, when they see uh, Jeff Daniels and Catherine O'Hara, like, that's also not winter. No, but the heat goes out. I, so I think they live in the mountains. Yeah. Like, they, I oh. think, like they, they're supposed to live in Colorado. And, like, it takes them a I would imagine that, like, his uh, John Krasinski's character, Bert's parents, live in, like, Denver or the suburbs of Denver. And it takes them a while to get there. Not, like, forever, but it takes them a while to get there. So I would imagine that they live in the mountains in Colorado. And if this is taking place in, you know, the aughts, fall was a very different time. You know, like, it could be cold in the mountains in fall back then. Nowadays, it was, like, 65 degrees today. So, you know, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe this, this movie's not terribly realistic for the, you know, climate hellscape that we're currently living in, but... I mean, there were Back no then. tornadoes in Madison <laughs> in this movie, so, in December. That's true. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so, uh... <laughs> I can, uh, I can, uh, kick us off. Sure. Uh, my first note is that Allison Janney is reprising her role from the way, way back. <laughs> Did you guys oh, ever yeah. see that? I have not, yeah. but I... I mean, I know enough about that movie to know that that statement that you just made tracks. <laughs> she's she's a, a bit more aggressive in this. I don't know which came out she's first. So way, way rude. back might have been like a reference to this one. But this one is just like, damn. Also, when when the little girl is talking to the car behind. <laughs> it goes on for so long. <laughs> and you just, never see it end. She just, just stays there. She's just in the background talking to some random strangers. And, she's and like they, like, 12. whistle at her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, God. Really upsetting. <laughs> yeah. And they don't even, Allison Janney doesn't even notice. Yeah. Not even on her radar. That was a fun visit, though. I liked that one. And, and I, I know I texted you guys, but Jim Gaffigan, well, his first, his response to what Bert's job is spoke to my soul and then <laughs> yeah. and then when he goes into the death spiral about climate change i was like is this what it's like to take me out to dinner <laughs> i was thinking how we've had like a fun little run on climate change in our recent episodes this one's definitely lighter than yeah. uh, first reformed but yeah, the other alternative uh, instead of uh, Away We Go is going to be AI, which still might be a choice for a future episode. Uh, but literally, AI starts with waves crashing, and they're like, the climate change resulted in the cities, major cities flooding. First, it was New York. And you're like, okay, so we're getting right into it. So, like, if I were to, if I were to pick that, it would have been even more on topic of climate change, because that's what that whole movie is basically about. So, um, yeah, oh, but yeah, uh, that segment is fun. Um, I and, thought. The, yeah. Did you have I, the structure of this movie is really interesting? Like it's just little yeah. like vignettes, basically. Um, which I don't like. Is, I mean, what? 
I think that's why I love it. I was going like, to say, like, I think that might be why I can't quite, like, latch on to it. Yeah. Because, like, everything else about this movie should work for me. Like, like you said, the cast is great. Like, late aughts indie movies are extremely my shit. Like, this, in in all regards, this movie should work for me. But for whatever reason, <clears throat> I like, when I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, this is just, like, a bunch of, like, it's, it's, it's very choppy. Um... Like, not necessarily in a bad way, but, again, just, like, structurally, that's kind of, like, what this movie is. They're just, like, going to different places and, like, you know, you, you get a little story in each one of these little things. Um, and then they move on to the next one. And it's, like, they're obviously, like, the through line through everything. But, like, it is just, like, jumping around a lot. Um, and I it just, it reminded me a lot of, like, an anthology film, which I typically don't enjoy. Isn't that what Wes Anderson's latest movie was? Mm-hmm. And I was... It's towards the bottom of my Wes Anderson rankings, I would say. Oh, damn. I mean, it's not uh, nearly as bad as Isle of Dogs. Like, Isle of Dogs is, like, leagues below French Dispatch. But, like, yeah. if I had to rank all of his movies, French Dispatch would definitely be in the bottom third. Hmm. Hot damn. Yeah. Um, but I think that... I think because we get, like, a real sampler platter of both actors and, like, the conditions are so different from vignette or from, like, city to city, mm-hmm. I think that is what I find so charming about it, of, like, the question of, like, why do I think this movie's so good? And I'm like, I think it is just, like, the variety that they bring to these, like, very specific characters. Like, mm-hmm. every character in each city is written very specifically for them they like the voices are very distinct the like things they do are different even the relationships that they have to the people are different it's like in arizona it's the sister and her old boss from chicago and in madison it's like a cousin ish like a family friend cousin uh and then in montreal it's like college friends miami it's his brother like you get this like fun kind of variety pack of how intimate or how close these relationships are and how that like influences the way they interact with each other. Um, and I think it is, I think one of the uh, best segments is the Montreal segment because it's like, it feels like how we operate with college friends. It has that very same feeling of like, everything's kind of exciting and it's just fun. There's like not a lot of stress. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's go out and do this. Like, let's get food. Let's hang out. Um, Versus, like, with family, where it's kind of heavy. And even, like, uh, I mean, like, the Paul Schrader? Paul Schrei- Schreiber? Schrader. Schrader. Was it? Schrader. Is it Schrader? Yeah. If he played John Sch- I love him. If it's he played- Schneider. Oh, whatever. Schneider. I was like, Paul Schrader was the guy who did First Reform. Right. Oh, I, yeah. was like, I, was I don't like, think it's minute. Paul Schrader. It's Paul Schneider. No, no. He was <clears> my favorite uh, of the love interests on Parks and Rec. To where if he played if he played the John Krasinski what? character, I would have liked him so much more. That is Mark Brandanowitz was your favorite wild take. Who? I... Mark Brandanowitz? I meant physically. I'd have, have no recollection of his character. Oh. Well, I was gonna well, yeah, right. like, <laughs> he was season one. I was gonna say like no he is <laughs> widely regarded as like the worst. Like he was the one that they wrote off. <laughs> I'm saying him as a person, and that's why I said if he played the John Krasinski character, I probably would have been much more into it. 
I just like him, yeah. although I don't know his last name, apparently. <laughs> to when I saw him, I, I was no, like... No, I also forgot. But Judy like, does... Oh, yes. She does love Paul Schrader, though, specifically listening to Paul Schrader. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked how each character is very indicative of the places in which they live. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course that woman lives in Phoenix. <laughs> Of course, 100%. Maggie Gyllenhaal lives in Madison. In Madison. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, and Madison like cool, trendy tracks. people live in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, Madison tracks so well. I also could see her living in like Boulder. Yeah, like Boulder, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Like there are pl- there are pockets in this country where it's like, oh yeah, but like Madison is definitely the vibe. Like she gives off the Madison vibe, and her- yeah. Josh uh, Hamilton. As mm-hmm. her like husband slash partner, incredible. I'd totally yeah. forgotten that he was in this movie, and he is really something in this movie. He's really great, and I also was like, "Well, who is that actor?" Because I don't know if I know him offhand. Uh, and I looked him up, and I was like, "Oh, he's in eighth grade. He's mm-hmm. the dad in eighth grade, and mm-hmm. he's so good in that." What else is he? Um, he looks he was, super he's familiar. He's in um, Manchester by the Sea. He's like the oh. like the lawyer character. He doesn't have a big part in Manchester by the Sea, but he is okay. in that movie, and he's basically the one that tells Casey Affleck, like, "Hey, you're gonna have to like take care of your nephew." Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I mostly know him from <clears throat> small indies of the more recent variety, and so like yeah. I know him as this like quiet, kind of like well kept dad character. <laughs> And seeing him in this movie, I was like, oh, oh yeah, Watching boy. Maggie Gyllenhaal stroke his hairy leg. Yeah. God, and I think that's what I think is so fun about this movie, too, is, like, how aggressively not cool. Everyone is. Segment. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep going, and it's just like, oh, God, I can't be around these people. Except for their college friends, and then that just takes a turn where it's like, oh, like, this is like this we're kind of getting in the middle of something that's already pretty like heavy um but with everyone else it's just kind of like oh boy i don't want to be around these people (laughs) i don't want to be involved in this mess i don't want these um (laughs) i don't want these exactly like particularly phoenix and madison where it's like oh and you can tell like uh um my riddle scare oh verona is like pretty out on phoenix even like uh, Bert is also pretty out on Phoenix, but, like, in the end, she's kind of like, well, that's a bummer. Like, yeah, I guess we're not going to be here. And then in Madison, he's out on Madison. And so, like, that does make Montreal, like, a much better segment because both of them are just, like, ready for something to be better. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, wow, we're going to do it. And then uh, it's very sad. Um, there were two moments of places they went... Well, two moments... I don't know if they're direction choices that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And one of them is when they're in Tucson and they're like, it's an oven out there. And then they chose to eat outside on the patio. Mm, I was like, it's probably 110 degrees. I don't know why you're doing that. And then the other one is why you guys both wear glasses. I wear glasses to read. Why on earth does Bert sleep with glasses on? I, I did notice I, that. I found it so oh. distressing. I, I didn't even realize it until he was on the trampoline, and then I was like, "Oh, he's that slept, one is an accident." 
right. I, I yeah, didn't I notice say, it for the other ones. The, but, the one yeah. time I specifically noticed it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I could kind of write this off as him just like lying in bed and or like lying on the trampoline and just like falling asleep and waking up and it's right. like, oh. But, but I, I guess a, I there's a I scene didn't see where it another time. oh, it's like one of the opening scenes where he is they're like in bed together and he's like spooning her and he's wearing his glasses and his he's on his side and i'm like how's that not dinging into your nose no yeah that would be uncomfortable (laughs) yeah i take off my glasses if i'm like laying down and my head is moving anywhere but straight up yeah yeah that's a good question why does bert do that why does bert i think uh also like why does bert care so much about things that don't matter at all to a baby like building a kiln yeah. or uh, whittling or a family defense class <laughs> I thought those were really <laughs> funny like to open the movie with him preparing in every way that doesn't matter to actually preparing for a baby at all yeah <laughs> um, Yeah, and we get like uh, I, I thought the one moment where he's lighting candles uh, when the heat is out and that one candle lights up Maya Rudolph's face as she like tells the idea of like we could go anywhere now mm-hmm. i thought that was like a very um cinematically beautiful moment mm-hmm. i feel like this movie was a little rushed at the end which i think is another thing that is hard for me to grasp onto poor matt he doesn't yeah. want to be a part of this conversation <laughs> anymore <laughs> i don't think it's a perfect movie but you know, I think you're also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like, so I, I, every place they go, it, it's clear why they're not staying there. Right? Like, all of that checks out. Like, when they're down in Phoenix, like, Alice and Janie's character is just, like, way too much. So it's like, okay, we're not going to do this. When they're in Tucson, like, mm-hmm. yes, her sister is there. But, like, it. I mean, they meet her at her job, question mark? Like, it seems like right. that anyway. And... So, A, it's really hot. B, maybe she's not, like, maybe they're not as close as my Rudolph's character would want them to be if they were going to move there. Like, so all of that makes sense. Like, why they stay, why they don't want to live in Madison extremely makes sense. Um, But I feel like the, like, Montreal doesn't make a ton of sense because they're like, like, oh my gosh, this is great. We love this. And I, I do understand, like, like you were saying, Matt, like, at that point they were both just ready to have something and they had like they both had friends that they could connect to it wasn't like a oh yeah it's a friend from work and then they get there and they're like okay this is not going to be a th-. like these are actual mm-hmm. relationships that both of them have that are still well established um and like at one point when they're driving like john krasinski's like we might move here we're gonna move, you know and then right. i so like i get that like that like happiness turns on a dime like i do get that but that also seems like a really extreme like based on everything else that they had experienced up to that point in montreal like that one thing seemed extreme for them to like fully rule out montreal and like i get from a story standpoint they have to go to miami like they have to leave montreal but it just seems like there's never really any resolution on why they didn't choose montreal didn't and also, they, like, the Miami thing just, like, felt really tacked on. Didn't... I thought they left Montreal because of his brother. Right. That's why I said, in a story stand, like, it made sense for the story. Like, his brother called and said, my wife left me. So, like, that's why they had to leave Montreal. 
but like the end of the movie they they end up going to her parents house which i honestly don't know i mean according to wikipedia it's in the florida panhandle but like it looks like florida but the the other thing too is i mean i was i feel like of course in my opinion i was like of course montreal is going to be the one that is best because it's the one that isn't and this is probably like too technical but i'm like that's the one that's not achievable with the careers that they have you can't just move to canada right get a visa as an insurance man and a painter i mean they might have had dual citizenship i don't know these things but to me that's the one that's like least achievable of all of them to where if like i don't know i kind of was like yeah it makes sense why they didn't choose it because it's so hard (laughs) to move countries like, like i said i i when i think through it it all makes sense yeah but it just it felt a little rushed in like every other situation that they're in it's very clear why they're like why this is not the choice whereas it like it's not really that clear in the montreal like you have to like the the audience member has to put a lot more effort into making that decision which is not necessarily a bad thing it just like given all of the other vignettes it just makes that one feel a little bit less fully baked but i also think it's not about not choosing montreal and more about choosing verona's home yeah like that it's a that the whole movie is about you can't find home in other people you've got to find it within your own home you have to find it within each other right and like the little like dire like diorama that um, (laughs) excuse me what is put together by a diorama dioramas uh, <laughs> uh, that Christmasina puts together over the pa- pancakes, like that, I think is the message of like Verona and Bert need to find a place for them. That's not they that they living they're living where they are now because of his parents. They were gonna move to Phoenix and try to be friends with these people that aren't their friends. They were going to see about Madison for a job and maybe to reconnect with this, like, family member-ish person. Miami, like, his brother's having his own issues. Uh, Montreal, like, they have a full family and, like, can get out only so often. And, like, none of those circumstances really fit what they need. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, ultimately that ending is just, her, like, her monologue about the fruit tree is supposed to just kind of be, like that is the memory that I remember and that I love and that I would feel happy to be around. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes that, that ending so powerful, I think, is like them finding a place to just like live as themselves and like just take it one step at a time and not worry about every other person's parenting styles or life. Um, and I think that's the other thing that I, I kind of weirdly forget about the the point of the movie is not just that it's like other people's lives in these cities but it's like specifically how they raise their kids and like (laughs) phoenix they're bad at raising like they're rude and mean to these kids madison it's like basically just ignore them yeah like just like getting the madison and the i mean obviously like there is the the stop in tucson in between but getting phoenix and madison for the most part being like right next like back to back it's yeah. like, okay, in one place we just ignore them and we kind of do whatever the hell we want to do and we go to the dog tracks and get drunk. And then in yeah. the other one, it's just like, no, we don't even own strollers because we don't want to push our babies away from us. And it's just like, oh my God, there has to be a yeah. happy medium somewhere. <laughs> also, the little like three-year-old turning around saying, 
welcome as he's like breastfeeding is amazing <laughs> oh god great introduction and then you My also have like oh <laughs> this is great you also have the brother and his daughter mm-hmm. as well right and that's like a very like that's like the worst case scenario of even if they did make a home there's like still risk there's still danger and that's the whole point is just like one day at a time um but like yeah it, it is parenting that's mm-hmm. the point of it and, that, and like i think sometimes i forget that it's not just like trying out lifestyles or like people that they would be with but and in fact like the parenting that's happening around them and how much they don't really jive with anybody's parenting style besides their montreal friends which again i do think like it's kind of it, it seems a little rude to be like we're not gonna get involved in this you're too sad um, but i do think it's more about like finding that home yeah um, i i don't places. disagree with you i like i said i just i felt like the ending was a little rushed like again all of those things make sense it's just like mm-hmm. mon like the miami montreal like ending Montreal, going to Miami, and deciding where they're gonna, they're going to stay at her old like parents' house takes place in like twenty minutes. Whereas like, yeah. the rest of the movie is like an hour over an hour, and like each place gets like a significant chunk of time. And I just I again, all of I agree and I get all of those things. It's just like I wish that there was a little bit more in the climax as opposed to just like feeling like we're just kind of getting through these last bits so that we can get to that resolution. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fine critique. It's probably oh, wrong, no. but it's fine. Um, uh, I do like the running joke. I mean, I like it because it's handled wherever. Like, Verona and Bert are both like annoyed by it, but everybody commenting on her size and yeah. being like, "Wow, you're so big!" Like any day now, when they need butt, the three, three like months. airport workers. Like, yeah. Comment yeah. on like, well, you're not Can supposed to travel you if you're in eight months. Yeah. Can you turn to the side, <laughs> or just being like, you're huge, and then, but then I think that's such a good uh, payoff for them to get to Montreal and for both Christmasina and Melanie Linsky to be like, you look beautiful. Like, oh, it's so you look beautiful. It's it's perfect. You look perfect. And then to find out that like it's because they have been trying for so long, and that's really. That I think that's like the emotional really core rough. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I also oh, like God. that this movie illustrated just how, I mean, that joke is part of it, but how when you're pregnant, everyone is able to comment on your body, but also like people just touch you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad. touch the stomach. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad this movie, I mean, I've never been pregnant, but I've seen it and I have friends who have, and they've been like, fucking terrible that people think they can just touch you yeah and of course like pregnant women are hormonal (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like to be like i want to rip your throat out but i can't (laughs) (laughs) get away from me yeah yeah um Um, another thing oh go ahead yeah I was just going to say, Maya Rudolph's reactions are also, like, a, another character in this movie. It's just her eyes and her, like, what? Reactions are all incredible. Yeah. She's great in this movie, I think. She's really good in this movie. And I, as I was saying, I was like, I feel like she hasn't really done much lately. I mean, she, like, pops up in PTA movies. 
Because mm-hmm. she's been raising four kids. Well, I, right, that's fine. And, like, she seems very happy and, like, good for her. But, like, seeing her in this movie, similar to, like, and I think I mentioned this when we did our Punch Drunk Love episode, but it's, like, Adam Sandler can be really good. And I get that most of the time he just wants a free vacation to some random destination on Netflix's dime yeah. with his friends. And, like, again, <laughs> and more to power to him. Shorts. But, like, yeah. it's, when I see a really good performance from him i'm just like man i wish that i could get more of this and again i'm not saying that maya rudolph should not raise her children like she again she seems very happy and more power to her but it is a bummer because she's so great that i like when i see her in something i'm like oh man i really miss you she's in big mouth yeah that is true she's in big that's true and yeah and uh she was in the good place yeah. Oh, she was so good place. in the good place. That's right. She's, great she's not like what on was a the total show she watches all of? Yeah. yeah, she just like is not nearly as ubiquitous as she was in like the late aughts slash no. early early tens. And yeah. this was during SNL, right? It was after. I mean, I, I think she was maybe still oh. popping in every once in a while, but I think her run on SNL ended earlier than this movie came out. And oh wait, what was the other thing I was going to say about her? Uh, oh, what was the show in The Good Place that she she's watching that she's like, has everyone watched? Uh, there are multiple. At one point, she was binging uh, Justified. Okay, yeah. And then got <laughs> Timothy Oliphant as his, like, as That's Timothy right. Oliphant, but also kind of as Raylan Givens. And <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because so Justified rules. I mean, ACAB, but Justified is dope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. She's mostly just does, like, voice work now. Yeah. I was looking at, yeah. like, she was a voice in the Lego Movie Part 2. Um, she was in <laughs> she was in Booksmart as, like, the motivational tape oh, that yeah. Beanie Feldstein's character listens to. <laughs> uh, and then she was in some, like, she was in the Mitchells versus the Machines, and she was in Luca. Oh, Yeah. So she, like, she's oh, in she's stuff, she's just, like, those. mostly yeah. doing voice work. Which, I mean, she's yeah. great at that, so, you I know. I love her so much. Maya Rudolph is... Wait, is adult. Luca her and Jim Gaffigan's reunion? Mm. Isn't Jim Gaffigan the dad? Is she the mom in Luca? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was Jim Gaffigan. Oh, that's cute. I feel like a lot of these people have reunited in other projects afterwards, probably, right? Well, and there's just so many of them. They had to have, like, intertwined at some point or another. Again, studded with stars. Studded up and down. (laughs) Um, I I also thought the moment where they're in the tub, where Maya Rudolph and her sister are in the tub, um, and they're just talking about their parents, and her sister's like, you're kind of bringing them back in a little way. It's like a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. And... To know that Maya Rudolph lost her mom, Minnie Ripperton, at, like, 12, I think, or, like, very young, and how much that must have influenced how she approached this character of, like... And she actually talks about this in the podcast Smartless when uh, they interviewed Maya Rudolph, and she talked about, like, that idea of, like, she's older than her mom was when her mom died, and, like she thought about her mom when she was having kids and just kind of like oh this is so weird that you're like that I'm a mom now but like 
it never crossed. Like, you would never hear when I was a mom. So, like, that's also, I think, kind of, like, a, a sweet emotional reality that uh, comes with this story and with comes comes with her performance particularly. And she's really playing it pretty, like, really not in, like, the kind of big way that Maya Rudolph can play characters or voices or, like, anything. She, like, doesn't do any silly voices in this. <laughs> she's typically kind of the straight man the whole time where she's kind of, like, level-headed and practical. Um, so it's interesting to see her kind of take a different... Uh, performance and one that is based on so much reality. So I did think that was that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last note that I had that we haven't discussed is just the soundtrack. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alexi Murdoch. So good. Uh, we love Alexi. Hmm? Yeah. I, did you say you love or we love? I said we love Alexi. We do. Yeah. We, we really do. Uh... <laughs> And I had totally forgotten that he did, the, like, the soundtrack for this movie mm-hmm. until I watched the trailer and then was talking to Matt about it. He was like, yeah, he did all the music. I was like, oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was very fun when his songs kept popping up. Um, yeah. And they fit r- well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shout out, because, you know, everybody is talking about the Beatles right now for obvious reasons. Um we just want to shout out What Is Life, the George Harrison song. Great song. Fucking rules. It is such a banger. A banger. And whenever it pops up in a movie, I always get so excited. Um, yeah. And obviously knew, forgot that it had popped up in this movie. So when that like opening guitar line came in, I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Which, when we were watching it, Val was like, I'll, whenever I hear this song, all I think about is Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> So, sorry, George Harrison, but you will always be associated with Academy Award nominee, Adam Sandler. Well, that's better than the yeah. song Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin just forever will remind me of a fucking Cadillac commercial. <laughs> Even though it's like, I knew that song before those stupid commercials. But they just were on all the time. I don't even know the song or the commercial. Oh, you definitely <laughs> oh. know the song. Yeah, you, you know the commercial. The rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Those okay, commercials yeah. were fucking everywhere for like all, 10 years. And, and all, for you like couldn't 10 years. watch a show <laughs> without just, every commercial break. Rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But also, maybe it's better fitting for a Cadillac commercial, you know? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when, it, oh. like, they were all in the studio. They were like, oh, okay, rock and roll is cool. But what we really are trying to do with this song is sell cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sell Cadillacs. No, they were probably like, we just, we, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't even matter what car. We just want cars. <laughs> just four wheels. And preferably for a company that's going to go bankrupt in a couple years. <laughs> That's what Wait, they want. Cadillac? Didn't they? Weren't they part of the whole... Uh, aren't they under GM? Mm, oh, I maybe. I think so, yeah. I don't know about anything about cars. And didn't GM file for bankruptcy? But they're still making cars, right? Yeah, but just because you file for bankruptcy doesn't mean you're no longer a business. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
Um, also, one of the best uh, little bits is when that kid is like, babies are sneaky. Uh, one time I put a pillow over a baby. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Stop breathing. But uh, he was just playing, but I'll try again. That <laughs> and the is- mom is horrified. It's so funny because the mom is like, what's this thing? And she's just like, really like, oh, my, isn't my kid so cute? And then the kid drops that and she's like, okay, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> my child is I'm a just, murderer. Yeah. yeah, Bert and Verona's reaction of like, hmm, what? <laughs> what did this kid say? Very funny. Um, also, did you catch what the protest was at the college in Madison? No. UWM? Like the, big, the big banner... Yeah, the big banner in the background just says CIA, the CIA trained bin Laden. <laughs> like, we really don't touch on that, but it seems like a pretty liberal campus, I guess. Yeah. Seems, seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another little bit that I noticed is to your point about how all, like, all of these characters are so well-developed and so well-written, mm-hmm. um, but Jeff Daniels and John Krasinski are, like, basically the exact same. Um, like, at one point, John Krasinski's on the phone, and he's like, well, I've got a sw- I've got some swampland in Florida to sell you. And then uh-huh. uh, when they get to his parents' house, um, you, can, you can hear it in the background. It's like the audio mix is pretty quiet, but you can hear Jeff Daniels being like, well, I've got a bridge in New York I can sell you. And then um, at one point, I can't remember, like, Catherine O'Hara says something, and, like, the camera cuts back to, like, a a wider shot, and you can see Jeff Daniels and John Krasinski are both doing the exact same gesture, where they're, like, they've got their Mm -hmm. glasses pushed up, and they're just kind of, like, like, exasperatedly rubbing the bridge of their nose, and, like, they're Mm -hmm. both doing it in unison, and I was like, oh, that's a really fun, like again to the point of how well drawn all these characters are like that's just a really fun way of showing you that yes this is definitely like this is like he is their child um yeah and i yeah i really appreciated that even though he's not selfish or self-absorbed like they are um which they are great at that those characters are so funny because they like really couldn't be less interested in anything besides themselves and even staring at that statue and being like, and what's that? Yeah. And being like, oh, this? I don't know if you'd notice. It's $12,000. $12,000. like, I can't believe that. <laughs> I um, also like the uh, the interplay when she gets back from the phone. And she's like, not now. We'll talk about it later. And he keeps pushing without actually saying it. And then, like, it becomes very clear what happened. And then it cuts to him being like... Well, we've got even more news for you. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) Yeah. And also when he grabs that envelope and is like, sensational. And he's like, you haven't even opened them yet. And he's like, no, but I already know. Beautiful. Spectacular. And then it's just like mushy mushy sonogram baby pictures. Very funny. Um, Yeah, I do feel like the first half is very overly comedic. Mm -hmm. Like Alice and Janney is just like, operating at 11 and Mm -hmm. doing it great like she acts exactly like people you know she acts like family members that i have she like says stuff that i'm like oh yeah this character is 100 percent a real person that you come in contact with in your life um and then like the second half is like a much sadder movie or like Mm -hmm. sweeter movie um but 
Yeah. I also wanted to shout out the uh, the ample discussion about the seahorse's brood pouch. Of <laughs> yeah. Being like, yeah, the lady leave, like ovulates into the brood pouch of the male. And they just keep saying, like, brood pouch, brood pouch. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the last note that I have is just uh, that Paul Schneider uh, refers Schrader. to Bert as Paul Schrader? Schneider? Schneider? Schrader? 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 Schreiber. Paolo Schreiber. Oh, yeah, um, there it is. <laughs> who I do sometimes think when people say Paolo, Paolo Schreiber, I think they're talking about Paul Schneider. Um uh, but he refers to Bert as Uncle Burp, which I was like, that's very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say. It's a comedy. It's pretty quick. Um, but I, I just, I like hanging out with these characters. And I think overall, it's like a very sweet movie about just like finding where you're going to land and like being happy with where you are. Mm-hmm. It's relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When they were both, yeah. like, at one point, they were, like, when well, we were 34, and she's, like, well, I'm 33, and I was, like, okay. All right. Uh-huh. Like... Same. I was, like, uh-oh. Oh, I, I was, like, oh, a couple of years. <laughs> I was, like, look, bitch. Yeah. yeah. I got emotional. Um, I don't have anything else specifically about Away We Go um, and we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about it because you kind of mentioned it already but one of the things I did want to talk about is just like how like bonkers Sam Mendes's career is like his filmography yeah. is so like insane. a pinball machine <laughs> it's so crazy because yeah. he like his first movie was American Beauty and I don't know if he won for that I mean American Beauty won Best Picture I don't know like if he won for Whoever directing feel. Like a plastic bag. Hell yeah. Like a plastic bag. (laughs) Like a plastic bag. Thank you for... You're a plastic bag. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for making that happen for all of us. Um, And then his next movie was Road to Perdition. And and then he made... Wait. Yes. No. Yes. His career is insane. Sorry. Sorry. I thought you meant Revolutionary Road. No, no, no. And I was like, he did not jump from American Beauty to Revolution. No, no. Road to Perdition, which my friend Connor is in. Oh, that's oh. fun. He's he's very oh, much I think in you've the told frame, that. standing in front of. Uh, like he's just an extra, um, right? He's an extra, and yeah. he's like has his shoulders on a, a little boy in front of him, like a little brother or something. And Daniel Craig is right over his shoulder, right before he leans over to. It was the other filmed kid, in Chicago. It's all just so fucking hysterical. It was filmed in West Dundee. Oh. And Geneva and uh, Chicago, but yeah, a lot of Chicago. Um. But yeah, so it's like he came off like just really strong and then he made Road to Perdition, which like was an Oscar play. I've never seen that movie, but like was nominated for Oscars. Seemed like it was just like, okay, he's just going to do kind of like the Tom Hooper thing, like pre-Cats, but where he's just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to make King's Speech and then I'm going to make Les Mis and like I'm just going to make these like overtly prestige. Pre- prestige, I want to get as many Oscars as possible type movies. And then he made Jarhead. So he's worked with the other Hall, which is fun. Oh, yeah, he has. Oh, good uh, point. But ah. then he comes back, and, and he did make Revolutionary Road. <laughs> he did uh-huh. both of those movies. And then yeah. he makes this, like, super indie. And then he's like, all right, I'm just going to direct. About being on the road. Yeah. And then he's mm. just like, I'm just going to direct arguably the best Bond movie ever. 
and then, and then arguably arguably the worst Bond the worst. movie ever. It's just like one so no. crazy. Number two is worse than Spectre. Quantum. Yeah, Quantum is worse than Spectre. Yeah. They're both you pretty know, rough. <laughs> but anyway, and but, the, and then he did yeah. nineteen seventeen. So it's just like his career. Like if you look at his filmography, it's just it's so bonkers. I mean, this is the only comedy, and that's why it really does stand out. I like, mean, none of the other ones are. Nineteen seventeen is a comedy. Nineteen seventeen is pretty funny. yeah um yeah so like i said we don't have to spend a lot of time but i just like every time i think about him as a director i'm just like oh was he married to julia roberts Mm. hold please no no but he was married to kate winslet (laughs) oh wow i wonder how he felt about leo drawing her naked well, then he put them back together in Revolutionary Road to be like, let's get some more of that. The best part of it's Revolutionary Road is... probably all a ploy. Is... Like, he just... It was like some sort of, like, kink he had. Yeah. He's so kinky. The best part of Revolutionary Road is, like, when you watch it with the headcanon of, like, this is what would have happened if Jack didn't die. It's yeah. extremely dark. Yeah. Which is also referred to as the Revolu- Revolutionary Road headcanon. Right. Roadhead. Oh. That's a joke about Roadhead. <laughs> Vehicular fellatio, as the yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm episode refers to. <laughs> One of the that's top funny. three all-time best episodes. This is good. That's a really good episode. <laughs> um, all right. Does anybody have anything else on America? Or not America. Nah. Still looking at his filmography. Away we go yeah. before we move on to the categories. If this movie was called American Beauty, it probably would have also fit. Um, uh-huh. But also, uh, you know, it's not called American Beauty, but what did you call it in our email when you sent that out today? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the subject line of today's Zoom call was late aughts NBC comedy presents an indie movie with the trademark. <laughs> <laughs> the trademark logo. <laughs> I did like this yeah, movie, but like as you were watching it, you're like, just this is just such a late aughts indie movie like everything about this is late yeah, aughts indie movie <laughs> uh paul leave schreiber was also probably on parks and rec <laughs> at the time that this movie was made yeah it, it is all um sorry there's an ambulance that's screaming again oh, it just God. wants to be heard if you just listened to it maybe you wouldn't have to scream to be, so loud to be fair to the ambulance we did invite the ambulance on for this week's episode and we haven't really listened to anything that the ambulance had to say and we're I almost know, done I, so like to be fair we probably takes. should let the ambulance have his or her say i know but it's just like screeching and like howling and i'm like okay if you're gonna say like what is this like, what is this <laughs> it had to two uh, it's just like bring something to the table that's not just the same takes all the time <laughs> like just around and around getting louder and um but yeah no i don't have anything else to say but yeah it's very much an uh a early aughts indie movie which like any indie movie basically from like 2000 to 2010 was like kind of my jam mm-hmm. like i kind of love all those movies. Like, mm-hmm. Do you like Real Garden Girl. State? I fucking love, I love Garden, Garden State. State. Oh. I love Garden State. As I've grown older, I think I've appreciated it more than when I was younger and kind of like, what is this? Um, 
I watched it but. on like a Friday night at my friend's house, and I just remember being like, "What is the point of this movie?" That is kind of yeah. That's I was like fifteen. <laughs> I was like, "Why can't we watch something else?" <laughs> 15 is a weird time to watch that particular movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely watched it about that age because I was uh, in love with Natalie Portman. Well, um, I will say thing. earlier today, somebody tweeted out a like, you know, retweet quote, tweet this with a screenshot of your first celebrity crush. And then like, I don't participate in those Twitter games, but normally I like look at them and move on without actually thinking about what my contribution would be. Um, but mm-hmm. today I was like, oh, it's definitely Natalie Portman in Garden State. Oh, yeah. Like, I she's, lo- the, she's the starter. I've always loved Natalie Portman, but, like, that that version of Natalie Portman, was. I was like, oh, my God, you are everything I want. <laughs> yeah. There's a documentary on Netflix that's, like, about TV tro- or, like, movie tropes, and it's mm-hmm. hosted by Rob Lowe, and they talk about Manic Pixie, Pixie Dream Girls, and they say that she's probably the start of it, mm-hmm. at least in the modern iteration, because she's, like, quirky and has a little funeral for a hamster and, like, does this little dance and, like, is just so cute and so, like, taken by how, like, lift, listless uh, Zach Braff's character is. And it's like, you could do so much better Natalie Portman in Garden State. <laughs> You can get somebody who's really cool and not Zach Braff in Garden State. But that also is... Ian Holmes in Garden State, so. Yeah, he is. Ian Holm. And Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal's partner. betrothed. He means she's not partner. betrothed to Jake. Jesus. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, tattoo Jake and Maggie ideas. are not. <laughs> we, can't, we can't go back to this. <laughs> No. I feel like we've already I given like... <laughs> given that too much time on this episode. I feel like no. it doesn't have enough time. <laughs> I feel uh. like more people need to be talked. Like TikTok was a storm with Jake Gyllenhaal vitriol following Taylor Swift's album, and, and think... I just feel like no one is addressing the fact that he's probably touched tongues with his sister. I mean, what a take, though. Like, that is based on nothing, and you're like, I think more people should be talking about the potential idea of incest between the Gyllenhaal siblings based on nothing. Based on my personal hatred of one of them. I don't know why people aren't talking about this. Like, I know that you're not, like, a like a big fan of Maggie Gyllenhaal, but like you hate Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, tattoo ideas. I, I don't particularly have any. So I feel like the different cities with like a little, like the dotted lines between them would be cute. Yeah, but or, they go all or, over the whole country and like, I don't need that. Like, you, could get, on your back. you could get a sketch of <laughs> Ellison Janney's daughter talking to those two truckers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so or maybe a full back tattoo of Maggie Gyllenhaal breastfeeding her infant and then a four-year-old Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Oh, God. I, oh. I feel like To our listener, this is one. even funnier because Matt loves Jake Gyllenhaal. This is just so unnecessary to attack him in this way. When he has done so much for the community of actors. Has he? And Hollywood. No. I don't know. I don't know what he's done. 
besides he's, be an actor. Stolen he's, Taylor he's like, scarf. <laughs> I think he's a good actor. Sniffs I like it, it when he pops up and stuff. He's like, and he's hot as fuck. None of our listeners can understand what you're doing, Tierney. You're just smelling a piece of strap, but from your it doesn't row. sound like anything. There's no. To our listener, I was weirdly sniffing the the tie of my bathrobe, pretending to be Jake Gyllenhaal sniffing Taylor's scarf. Oh, I see. I see. Um, I think the the tree with all the fruit hanging off of it might be a cute. Yeah, oh, yeah. But like purposefully. Like I like highlight the fact that the fruit is not a part of that tree. Like it is yeah, just like a pineapple dangling. And, yeah, it's been taped and, and like hung up with like string. Yeah, that yeah. could be fun. I do wonder. I do wonder if that was talked about a little b- further before we see it. Mm-hmm. If it would have had more of an impact. But we like we hear about it and then five minutes later we see it. But, yeah, and then yeah. the movie's and over and you're like, show. okay. Also, what a yeah. pretty house that is. It like yeah, just facing the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those like french doors i was like man do i want to move to florida oh no tierney <laughs> no never not never actually but i would totally live in that house and then my neighbors would just all be living in i don't know corrugated iron roofed <laughs> dwellings with their cousins that they're married to and have children I'll pack and live. This is a major topic in today's yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's I like would not have expected that when we were <laughs> when we started recording, but here we are. It reminds me of that one joke on uh, Game of Thrones, which flip flops on a number of things, but consistently throughout the entire show, the theme is incest is good. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you guys spend time on this film set? Yeah, I like to travel. Yeah. Fun actors. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I would, like I'd hang out at all of them. All of the all of the maybe not Madison people that I would want to. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've already been. Well, I've been to actually all of these places. I was but, gonna you say know, <laughs> it's only like two and a half hours from where I currently live. Yeah, I <laughs> I would. I wish that the places that they went were cooler, though. Like, I don't want to... I've mm-hmm. been to Phoenix. It's fine. I've been to Tucson. It's fine. I've been to Madison. Been to it's fun, but I would not want to live in... Uh, Montreal, I have not. I've been to Toronto, which is dope, but I have not been to Montreal. Madison is, like, cool for, like, a weekend, which is... I mean, they couldn't have been in Madison long, presumably. There were, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. three locations in Madison. I bet they could shoot that in, like, a week. But um, <laughs> Miami is not for me. The panhandle is extremely not for me. <laughs> so, like, I would it's, like to go. It's but not going to be for anyone like in about fifty years. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Those beautiful French doors are going to be underwater. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I would like to go, like, spend time on this film set, not because of the location, but because of all the dope people that I would get to interact with. Oh yeah, would love to watch them do their thing. I oh I just I love Melanie Linsky so much. Mm-hmm. Christmasina like seems like he'd be a pretty fun hang, but like Melanie Linsky, bless her, <laughs> Lady Christmas, uh, yeah. Christmasina. <laughs> Jesus, it's uh, all Christmas. <laughs> would you watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah, probs. 
I don't think I would, but I definitely would listen to the soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, listen to that Alexi Murdoch's soundtrack. <laughs> I would 100% watch this movie because it's about traveling. So it fits perfectly for a plane movie. And it's an hour and a half. It's very short. I did right appreciate after. that. Um, sorry, guys. Next week's movie is like two and a half. Whoa. <laughs> when am I even going to have time to watch it? I don't know. I believe in you. Anyway, uh, this movie was not nominated for any Oscars. I feel like that's right. I mean, the soundtrack, though. But all the songs... I think they were also... I was going to say, were, were they written for the movie, or were they... No. Oh, They were fine. all original. I mean, like, he wrote them, and then they just... He used fine. Them for the movie. I mean, I think best adapted... Best screenplay should... Original screenplay? And that's Dave Eggers. Dave Eggers. And his, yeah, um, I was going to say, it was written by Dave Eggers, who I think... And his was... wife. Oh, okay. Is that who the... I did not recognize that woman yeah. at all. What is her name? Uh, Vendela Vita. Yeah, that's his wife. Um, yeah, I feel like... I don't know. Has he been nominated for an Oscar before? It feels like maybe he would have been. Mm, I don't think so. Mm, I don't think so, yeah. I don't think he writes enough movies. Yeah. He doesn't do much writing anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got a nomination for Where the Wild Things Are. Maybe oh, not. maybe. Hmm. I don't anyway. know how people felt about that movie. Who uh, else was nominated was for say, original, original screenplay that year? Uh, Inglorious Bastards, The Messenger, oh. A Serious Man. Oh, Matt's, oh, be- oh. Matt's, Matt's beloved A Serious Man. <laughs> <laughs> we did a and, podcast on that one. <laughs> uh, up in the Hurt Locker, that was the... Okay, I would say none of those. Like, you would not remove any of those for this I haven't one. seen one or two of them, but Up, Hurt Locker, and Glorious Bastards are all very good. Yeah. yeah. What else was listed? And A Serious Man is... Good. Oh, yeah, a Serious Man. Man. A Serious Man and The Messenger. Which I've never yeah. seen, but it's got Matt's boy Ben Foster in it. Is it a movie about a, a bag? A messenger bag? Yeah, do mm-hmm. you ever feel like a messenger bag? Like a messenger bag? Like a messenger bag? Because, <laughs> baby, you're a messenger bag. <laughs> That's the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> when she's just like, because, baby, you're a plastic bag. It's <laughs> like the has come down. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, I think original uh, screenplay is the only one that I would, like, maybe entertain an argument for, but I don't feel strongly enough about it that I would kick out any of those other nominees. Out of curiosity, who was best uh, <clears throat> actress? Or supporting? Both. Uh, yeah, I think Maya Rudolph getting a nominee. Ma- Maya Rudolph, yeah. Also, so Alice she... and Janney always should get a nom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those two categories. Okay, who are so... they up against? Uh, Sandra Bullock won for The Blind Side, which is a thing that I always forget about, but is a reality that we live in. Uh, Helen Mirren, Carrie Mulligan, Gabrielle Sidibe, and Meryl Streep. Uh, that's what? a pretty tough category. Yeah, but also we need the movies, Colin. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, I, can, so, I think I know. Gabrielle Sidibe is... Uh, you, full precious, title, bitch. Full title. Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Hell yeah. <laughs> Meryl Streep for The Iron Lady? No. No. Uh, Meryl Streep for... Devil Wears Prada? Julie and Julia. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. For playing Julia Child. 
That was like back when they were just like nominating Meryl Streep for anything, which is not not the case mm-hmm. now. She's but it's pretty like good. Less... At... I'm not say, like I'm not saying that she's bad in that movie, but like there was a string. So the movies that you guys were mentioning, I, the reason I mentioned that is like she was nominated for all of those, and like all of those came out around the same time. Yeah, and so like it makes sense that you guys were like throwing out wrong answers because. Like yeah. she was just we nominated wrong. for like five years in a row for like all. Of Doubt those was roles. like two thousand seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was all. It was one. It was the only any movie she did. She was nominated for. Yeah, um, which is still kind of the case. But I would say it's less certain now. But like, still pretty standard. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan for an education. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, you, Sandra Bullock. You for will the not side. know Helen Mirren's. Because... I will. Helen Mirren is for the Queen. Helen Mirren's is for... Helen Mirren won for the Queen in, like, 2006. Well, okay, I mean, what do you want from me? It's then the who, right movie it called for? The Last Station, which I've oh. never heard of. It's an English-language German biographical drama film. Hmm. Also stars Christopher Plummer. Okay. And then the supporting? Uh, so Monique won for Precious Based on the Novel Push by Sapphire. It is incredible that that is the title of that movie. Like, I'm still not over it, like, 12 years later. Uh, they could have just called it Push. Or, I mean, they could have called or, or it Precious. Precious. Or, yeah, like, or Precious, Push. Like, yeah. they, there were so many different options, but they were like, no. Oh, yeah. But, we but need they to should include, not have named it. Yeah. based on the novel Push by Sapphire, because just saying that in the credits is not sufficient. We need the title to say, right. based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Yeah. I um, mean, it definitely shouldn't have been Push Saf- or Push Precious. That would have been oh. the wrong title. Uh, Penelope Cruz for Nine, Vera Farmiga for Up in the Air, uh, Anna Kendrick for Up in the Air, and Tierney's beloved Maggie Gyllenhaal for Crazy Heart. (laughs) (laughs) I think she could have gotten knocked for Allison Janney. Also, I feel like two for Up in the Air and nothing for Allison Janney is like, come on, guys, get your shit together. Yeah, but both of those performances in Up in the Air were better than, and more substantial than Alice and Janney's. Like, okay, well, we can't do stuff about substantial sc- because Anne Hathaway won one for a song. I would argue wow. that that's still more substantial than what Alice and Janney does in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's on screen for like maybe five minutes, and it mostly just is her being drunk and yelling at kids and or strangers. <laughs> like, it's good, but it's not like a, an integral part to the movie. <laughs> Yeah. Neither is Anne Hathaway. Imagine the Lay Miz clip. But imagine what? them doing imagine them doing like the carousel of like Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. They're having a Allison Janney for Away We Go. Hey, what a look at that. Got junk in the trunk. Junk in the trunk. <laughs> Just the juxtaposition. To be honest, that would have been really jarring. The Allison Janney <laughs> yeah. role that she should have been nominated for and never was was the voice of Pearl from Finding Nemo. <laughs> she's, she's so. Pearl? Yeah, she's the starfish. Oh, wait, Pearl's the starfish? <laughs> yeah. Oh, who's the little. little Are you thinking like the little BB octopus? Yeah, which is my favorite character in Finding Nemo. That's my favorite one. Well, I don't know. I guess it's not Pearl. She is great as that starfish. So yeah, that's that's the way we go. We went. That's the way we go. We did the it. Way we went. Uh, quick sidebar. Uh, that that Oscars that year Oscars the, the one that was for movies released in two thousand nine 
but uh, the, the actual ceremony was 2010. Uh, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but uh, I watched that ceremony at like three in the morning because I was in Germany and I was like, oh, you're your, boy's not gonna, <laughs> your boy's <laughs> not going to not watch the Oscars. So, <laughs> so yeah. That was that was a thing that I did. Uh, I haven't watched the lately? Oscars in like I think since La La Land, Moonlight, Snafu, because I was like, nothing's made... going to top this. Nothing is going to be better than watching <laughs> La La Land get stripped of an Oscar in front of my own eyes. Yeah. And watching Alex melt off the couch. Yeah. In, uh, <laughs> I thought in it was Stevie. Just like embarrassment Whoa. for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Writhing on the ground. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that truly was wild, and nothing will top it. Yeah, no, it's the best. But I'm also going to watch the Oscars every year because I'm me. So you Yeah, know. that's true, and I will too. <laughs> um, I'll go first just because I really have not watched a lot. Uh, but I will be watching the new Spider-Man on Thursday. And we'll Ooh, be, you got we'll them ticks? The we got them ticks. Um, where, very excited. Where are you sitting? Because... By the time I was able to get through, there were, like, no reasonable seats, and I was just like, fuck it, I'll see it sometime. We're sitting, I think, in a pretty good spot in, like, the middle, but uh, way up in Skokie. Like, we really got oh, to huff, right. hoof, it, hoof it out there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I will be seeing Spider-Man this week. Um, I also, at some point, want to see West Side Story and a bunch of other movies that are out now. Um Nightmare Alley maybe this next weekend. So it's mostly me with like coming soons. Um, but I have not watched a lot um, since our last recording. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, but I did meet Hayden Christensen today, and uh, my life is now better and changed. So Mary Christensen. I... Mary Christensen. Mary Chrysler. We're all so happy for you, Matt. Thank you we so know that much. this has been a lifelong goal of yours, and so... 20 years in the making. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> I'd like to thank my parents. Um, I'd especially like to thank God uh, for <laughs> making Hayden Christensen so that I could one day lean over towards a plexiglass divider and say, you were great and awake, and for him to go, thank you. And then to take a picture and immediately leave. Um, I'd be like, all right, move on. <laughs> We've yeah. got a line of people. Come Sir, on. <laughs> you've got to let go of his ankle. You've got to let Did you try? You've got to let go. Because, you know, there was the plexiglass the, there between you. Did you try and do, like, the like literally any prison scene ever where people are, like, talking? Uh, other did you people try and do did. that? Okay. I was too embarrassed and shy to make him, like, touch me. Other people were doing, like, the little heart. <laughs> And he would do the other side of a heart. And, like, people were putting hands against. This um, is so wild. (laughs) It is like a prison. Or, like, like he's been contaminated with Ebola. I was going to say, I have to imagine that in a pre-COVID world, there would, like, you could have actually, like... Oh, yeah. You could have, like, put your arm around him or something, like... People yeah. used to, like, stand in breathing distance of Stan Lee, and that shit would not have flown if he was still alive. Yeah, no. They would have been like, put him in a bubble, no one get near the bubble. <laughs> like, Protect Stan Lee. He's just always in, like, the little, like, the Pope thing. <laughs> like, yeah. anywhere he goes, like, he's, he's just, like, always in this, like, bulletproof case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would say that's the content that I took in today and this week, was just uh, seeing Hayden Christensen's face in real life. 
and then uh, having to walk alone in the aisles of curtains that exited from that area, being like, it's over already. It was so quick. When will I meet him again? When will I see him again? Did Val meet um, him? No. I asked, I was like, do you want to get in this picture? And he's like, no, no, you get your picture with your boy. And I was like, Aw, that's okay. so sweet. I know. Um, and he said no when I asked him to marry me. So that also just like for an update, I'm, he will not, Hayden Christian will, will not be marrying me. Um, but yeah, that's all I was up to. <laughs> uh, what's everyone else been up to? I love that Matt's just like, this week I was looking forward to meeting Hayden Christensen, and then I did. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's uh, so I will be going back to work at the movie theater soon. Um, so I have spent the last Ooh. week just like trying to crush as many movies as I possibly can before I am just spending all of my time selling tickets to other people to see movies um and listening to every single one of them say thanks you too when you say enjoy your movie (laughs) (laughs) and just being like i wish Mm -hmm. i sincerely wish my favorite is when uh i will be working on christmas uh which is fine i don't really care but when i'm working on christmas and people are like oh it's, it's such a bummer that you have to work on christmas i'm like fuck you it's your fault like if you didn't buy tickets to this movie i wouldn't have to work on christmas like (laughs) but i mean isn't it really your fault for loving movies so much that people want to see them Hmm? do you get pay in a half anyway yeah yeah Yeah, i used to love working holidays i truly don't care you have to pay and then pay half yeah no they don't pay me to work on christmas i have to pay My hourly wage, and then half of that on top of it. That's so much money. So, but you know, do what I got to do for for the the people who need to see their fucking Matrix movie on Christmas Day. So, as a dinosaur movie coming out. Yeah. What the fuck, Tyrion? What are you talking about? (laughs) How did you not know? What is this? Two (laughs) thousand two. I mean, kind of. We're getting like Tobey Maguire Spider Man. And I'm meeting Hayden Christensen. Wait. Oh my God, Tierney. We definitely we have talked to you about this. Is he a villain? Willem Dafoe is in the new no. Spider-Man. Oh, we, I thought. We have mentioned yeah, this but to I, you. he said Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I thought he meant Tobey Maguire was yes. in the Spider-Man. Yes. Well, I mean he's that going hasn't to been be confirmed. It's like like it's guaranteed. Why? Tobey Maguire last week posted December seventeenth. Are you and everyone serious? was like, oh my god. Yeah, he's... Tobey Maguire couldn't give less of a shit Oh, I know that they're both in it. Anonymous. I just thought... I thought that... Because at least Andrew no, Garfield's, like, playing the game, you know? Oh, yeah, Andrew like Garfield's like, everyone's gonna be so disappointed. Girl. That's, what, that's <laughs> all right, we'll literally take this why I'm so we'll excited about this. Oh, boy. Like... <laughs> everyone's back. They're all gonna kiss. But yeah, A Matrix is coming out on Christmas. Or, like, three the days The 22nd, before. yeah. A couple days before Christmas. We're getting a Matrix. We're getting a Spider-Man. We're getting a PTA. That's all anyone mm-hmm. really cares that's about. That's really, yeah, that's the only one I care about. Uh, so before, so we had a team meeting at the theater today, and before all of our team meetings, they always show, like, a trailer reel for, like, all the movies that are coming out. And they're almost always just, like, blockbusters. Um, and I texted a friend of mine who's, like, working the projection booth, and I was like, I know that this is probably going to be mostly blockbusters, but if you didn't sneak licorice pizza in, I'm going to walk out. And he just texted me. He's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was literally just like uh, the Batman, Matrix, Spider-Man, and that was it. <laughs> it was like, 
Oh. Okay, Licorice Pizza is definitely the only thing I'm excited about for the rest of this year. <laughs> um, anyway, so I've seen a bunch of movies, and I've seen a lot of really good movies um, mm-hmm. that I want to shout out. Power of the Dog, which is available on Netflix right now, is great. It's fantastic. I definitely one of the best movies of the year. Uh, come On, Come On is also fantastic. Come on, uh, come on. I saw both of them back to back. Uh, like not the same day, but like one on one night, one on the next night, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" These are like within two days, I saw two of the best movies of the year. Um, come on, come on is just beautiful, and I am so excited. It looks really good. See it. Um, <clears throat> and then I also saw the new West Side Story, which is really good. Um, Spielberg knows what he's doing, and even though Tierney doesn't like him, he's one of the best. He's one he's of the, the best. Goat, maybe. So. <laughs> Uh, And then I also saw the new Aaron Sorkin, which is not very good. Would not recommend. It's only a couple hours. You want to say it? Say it. Somebody say it. Somebody turn his mouth. Started moving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Sorkin. Sorkin my own dick. Tierney's um, mouth started trembling with, like, <laughs> anticipation to say that. As soon as she heard Sorkin, her brain was like, Sorkin, my own dick, Sorkin, my own dick. Sorkin, my own dick. <laughs> so, all of that is to say, uh, like, five-ish-year-old Megan Amram tweet is <laughs> ten times better than being the Ricardos. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, it'll be on Amazon at some point this year if you want to watch it, we'll do, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I also yeah. saw Don't Look Up, which is Adam McKay's new movie, which will be on Netflix mm. at some point, maybe Christmas. Um, it is not at all subtle, um, mm. but I thought it was very funny, and mm. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, and I feel like Tyranny would like it, because it's about ignoring disaster, even though it's obvious that it's happening and will be uh, destructive to everyone. And everyone just being like, meh. Yeah, it, like I said, it is not at all subtle about what it is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that, that some people are just like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, yes, it's not subtle, but also it's still really funny. And it's, like, very just incisive a, about what's going on right now. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I Googled the title because I don't really know much about it. And there's a article that says don't look up is the doctor strange love for climate change and it could not be more <laughs> like if any movie was to be referenced <laughs> when it's also just like i'm gonna write this article i don't know who all is going to read it but there is one girl who lives in the, like in chicago and she's my target audience for this article <laughs> so <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Don't Look Up. Uh, like I said, I think it's coming to Netflix on Christmas Day, maybe. Um, so check that one out. Um, and then the last thing, I don't, I won't spend too much time talking about it, but I did see a Romanian movie called Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. And uh, okay. it's wild. Literally, the movie starts with a sex sequence. Like it, like like it starts with porn. Like it starts with porn. <laughs> no, no, no. Like porn, not, not like a like a sex scene where people are like you know undercovers and it's implied. It starts with porn, hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, hmm. okay. <laughs> Diving um, right in. Well, somebody dove right in. 
yeah, so that movie, and then, like, there, other stuff happens. I don't want to say too much about it, but it's, like, a really wild ride. Um, but it's it's another, like, satire that I thought was uh, pretty well done. Um, so if you can check that out, I would say it's worth it. But also, you know. Kill. It's porn, so, like, just know that going into it. There, <laughs> I was one of three people in the movie theater, and it was me and two older women. <laughs> They're both jerking like, off. <laughs> yep. I was like, this is everything I wanted on my Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, nice. That's uh, it. So I finished Get Back, the Beatles documentary. Oh, nice. Uh, and I just want to say that Ringo is super cool and funny. And I love him. And Billy Preston. And better than Paul. Well. I... <laughs> Paul will always have a soft spot in my heart and is my favorite musician, but Ringo is pretty funny. I saw a tweet uh, back when, like, everybody was watching Get Back and somebody, like, whoever, I can't remember who it was, but whoever tweeted it was just, like, uh, something along the lines of, like, Ringo's going to outlive us all by just minding his own business and doing his own thing. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for the most part, I mean, Paul kind of minds his own business. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love Paul. He's my favorite. Um, I was just surprised by how funny Ringo was. Um, and then Billy Preston is a thousand percent underrated. He played, he like joined them on uh, keyboard for mm-hmm. the tracks and like they'd all been practicing for days, weeks. And he was just like, yeah, I'll jump in. And then did he's the keyboardist on all of the tracks. He just like yeah. jumped in. Wow. I was like, what? What? <laughs> um, and then I read the last thing he told me. I don't remember who the author was, but it was very good. I read it in like three days. Um, and then I watched The Rescue, the Jimmy Chin Thai Ooh. cave diver uh, documentary, because it's on Disney Plus now. Um, and it is <laughs> very stressful. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think I mentioned that when I saw it. Um, Even though you know everyone, like, exactly. all the kids like, get out. I know that it's all like... fine, but you're just like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but it's also just, like, really well made and pretty funny. There's some funny lines in there. Um, uh, and you... cool. What? But caves, no thank you with caves. No thank you. <laughs> Miss me Tierney with caves. out on caves. <laughs> I've never liked them, and I super don't like them now. Uh, did you also just start weeping uncontrollably at the end? Or was that just me? Uh, no. Mostly because I'd spent the last hour and a half stressed out of my mind. That I was right, just, no. like, relieved. It was mostly well, just same. relief. I, yeah, well, I mean, that's, like, that was my reaction. It was just, like, so tense for an hour and a half. And then they all, like, when the last kid got saved, I was just like, Oh, God, they did it! I was just, like, <laughs> weeping. <laughs> Uh, crying into a mask would not recommend. I've <laughs> done it. I haven't been watching a movie. I've just been living my life and just, cried into a mask. Just out here. Yeah, yeah, just but also out crying here. into a mask kind of works. It's just like it catches all the tears. Yeah, and you, no one can see your face underneath. Like <laughs> They only just see mm-hmm. a tiny bit of your eyes and a drop if they're close enough. Yeah. Crying in your yeah. mask would recommend. <laughs> at least you, as long as you don't cry too much because at a certain point you just are like waterboarding yourself so you know yeah because you just got snot up in your nose 
don't know um, what kind of masks you wear. Yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't know either, but uh what I do know is that I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs>